This week's episode of the Living Strong Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Protein. Are you guys tired of spending so much money on your supplements and not getting the best quality out there? Well, Canadian Protein has changed the game. They offer the best quality in supplements and in protein, all in bulk packaging and at a fraction of the price. I've been using their plant-based protein for months now. It's the best tasting protein I've ever had. They have so many different flavors and it's not at all chalky. If you guys want to get your hands on some Canadian protein supplements, head on over to canadianprotein.com and use code LIVINGSTRONGPOD at checkout for 10% off your first order. Welcome back. And on this week's episode of the Living Strong Podcast, I get to sit down with Charlie the Spaniard, a retired UFC fighter. We talk about his life before the UFC when he was a teacher and now after the UFC when he is an author, a podcast host, a motivational speaker, and so many other uh, avenues that he has. It's an awesome podcast. We learned so much about him and how we could take uh, what he does on a day-to-day basis and integrate it into our lives to become the best self that we could be. He's an awesome guy. You guys are going to love this podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Living Strong Podcast. Join us every Thursday as we sit down and discuss with your everyday and professional athletes, trainers, and health and fitness experts. Our goal is to inspire and challenge you to become the best version of you that can be. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Strong Podcast. And this week with me, I have Charlie the Spaniard sitting on the other side of the camera. So Charlie, welcome to the show. I appreciate being here, man. I'm excited to talk. I, I'm normally on the other end doing the question asking. So exactly, nice exactly. Yeah, Change we're going to get talk, we're going to talk about that in a bit actually. So Charlie, just give us a, a brief uh, about yourself, like a brief description of who is Charlie the Spaniard. So I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania and I grew up wrestling, you know, close family, good family, good foundation, grew up wrestling. Wrestling soon became my life. Uh, and it was my life for I mean, the first, you know, 23 years of my life, really, until I graduated from college. And it, it created me, you know, good habits and hard work and commitment, winning, losing, learning, all that stuff. And from there, I took a position as a, from college wrestling. I took a position as a Spanish teacher wrestling coach, which was my end goal from the beginning. Okay. And then kind of hit like, uh, I don't know if I want to be doing this. And pretty much out of nowhere decided to start fighting professionally and pursue the UFC. And then I had a career for about eight years and in and out of the UFC, but professional fighting eight years. And then uh, spend my time reading books, writing and speaking and podcasting now. Awesome. So uh, life before martial arts, you said that you you started at a very young age, but was that the only uh, sport that you were doing or were you involved in many things or you were just focused martial arts is what I want to do? I did a lot. I mean, martial arts, I had nothing to do with martial arts until I started fighting. So okay. wrestling, if you consider wrestling a martial art, yeah. at that time, I mean, honestly, at that time, nobody did consider it a martial art, right? So aside from like ancient Greeks and history, history, <laughs> people thought of wrestling as wrestling, right? Yeah. And then with mixed martial arts, it's become known more so as a martial art because of how effective it is in MMA. But for me, you know, I wrestled, but I, I played football, I played baseball, I ran cross country, I ran track for a little bit. Nice. I was just pretty, I don't know, I was an active kid. And there became a time when I specialized more in wrestling. 
uh, later in high school when I knew, hey, this is how, you know, I'm going to go to college for wrestling. Yeah. And, but prior to that, man, I was just active and I loved competing. I loved training. And so I, I did a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it was cool. You just said, you said that you knew that you're going to go to college because of wrestling. How did you know that? Was it just, was it a given talent that you saw yourself uh, becoming great in it? Or? I mean, when, when I was a kid, you know, I, I looked at, so I'm from Pennsylvania and Penn State is, is a big deal here. Yeah. In, in wrestling, I don't know how familiar you are with wrestling, but in yeah. Division One wrestling now, Penn State's it, right? Yeah, exactly. When I was coming up, my uncle had wrestled at Penn State. I lived near Penn State. I just dreamed of wrestling at Penn State. And okay. so I just had to get a scholarship, get a scholarship to Penn State. Ended up not going to Penn State. But from a young age, I, I had the seed of like, hey, I want to wrestle in college. And then I learned like, hey, wrestling and pay for college. This is, you know, and then that's great, right? But you got to be good. You got to, once, once I was a freshman in high school, sophomore in high school, then, then coaches start talking. Then you realize uh, I have some potential to get some money yeah. for wrestling. And then, you know, junior, senior year, it was like, you know, one of my goals. I didn't end up getting a full scholarship, but I got a, a large scholarship. Uh, nice. But it just became kind of a, a thing that I had dreamed about and then became reality when I saw like, hey, coaches are starting to look at me. Yeah, cool. And uh, the, the, like, the amount of dedication and motivation and persistence that you need, as, especially as a high school uh, student, that all the distractions around you to focus in on wrestling and focusing in on your studies because the scholarship is not just the wrestling. You still have to have those good grades, right? So yeah. how did you... Um, put aside all the bad stuff of the high school life, yeah. focusing on the good. What, what I think we... I was pretty fortunate. It's timely. Actually, I just, my, my brother was the focus of an article in our hometown paper. And in, in, I made a post about it, but in it, I said, I, you know, I, I have three older siblings, you know, both parents. So I just looked up and saw what they did and basically repeated the process. Yeah. So going Pop in, I understood. Yeah, I understood what values were. I understand what smart choices were all, all about, et cetera. But then I just wanted this thing so bad. You know, I wanted wrestling so bad that, I mean, it was not easy. I had plenty of nights crying, plenty of nights feeling alone or whatever, because I wasn't doing the things that most normal kids were doing. But I just wanted it so bad. I wanted to win so bad. It was so important to me that that stuff kind of got pushed by the wayside and that's yeah. the way it is now in life i mean there's a lot of chatter and noise pulling you away from just like daily tasks like exercising and eating the right food and reading a book and it's so easy to just like go to the bar and sit yeah. down and say oh life's so tough how about it man yeah it's yeah you could uh, there's always ways around that right yeah i just i just know what i want very clearly and and you know the work just dictate what i do is dictated by that that's awesome that, that at, a, at an early age you were able to show like you were able to see that this is not what is needed in life this is what it needed like you mentioned as well your family everyone you you looked up to them and that's that's really good uh so you mentioned that you were a spanish teacher as well right yep three years oh, three years how was that how was it the, the life of a teacher <laughs> it was all right man it was at first it was everything i wanted i was so yeah. sick of wrestling i was so sick of cutting weight i was just so sick of all that stuff and it was a nice kind of vacation from that. And, you know, it, it took some learning. Of course, I had to, you know, you got classroom management, the books, you know, it, it's not an easy task. Uh, but I quickly grew like restless with it because I wanted to compete again. I missed all that stuff I yeah. used to hate. And then that's where 
the idea for fighting came in. Okay. So you right out of college, you went into, uh, you stopped fighting right away and you went into teaching or there was a period of your life that we were doing a bit of both? No. So, well, it, both of that is the yeah. answer. So I finished wrestling and immediately got a job teaching. Okay. So I think I, I thought competition is over. I started to grow restless and then coincidentally I, I was uh, I got some marketing materials for a reality show on Spike TV called Pros versus Joe's. Yeah. And I ended up applying and got accepted and was on and won that show, Pros yes. versus Joe's. So coupling that with my like angst angst angstness of, of yeah. not competing, I was like, wow, maybe I'll compete again. What could I compete again in? I saw this thing that was the UFC becoming more popular. Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe I'll pursue that. And, and then it was like the, the game show, seeing the UFC, you know, there was a period of time that, that I did both towards the end of my teaching career. I was fighting amateur. Okay. Um, but honestly, I, I hadn't, I hated fighting, like actual fit, like in the street or whatever. I just hated it. It made me yeah. sick. And then when I was in college, I remember watching, I remember specifically when Vitor Belfort fought Randy Couture. Yeah. And like he cut his eyelid and they called it early. I remember watching that fight with my buddies on pay-per-view. And like at that moment, that was late in my college career. I, I didn't, it didn't even dawn on me that one day I might do that. Like I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't want to do it. I just thought it was cool to watch. And then I just wanted to compete so bad that it was like, well, I guess I, maybe I could try that. Maybe you could try that out. So I'm guessing that your nickname, the Spaniard, comes from being a Spanish teacher. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, most people assume it's because I'm Spanish, but I'm not Spanish. <laughs> That's really cool. So you're not Spanish, but you're a Spanish teacher. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That shows that you could do whatever you want to life. Yeah, right. <laughs> I always jokingly, when people bring that up, I always jokingly say, don't tell anybody, okay? But <laughs> I, 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 I love Spanish. I love the Spanish language, Spanish culture, Hispanic culture. I'm, I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm very, I treat it with respect. Yeah. I treat it with humility i love it so i don't feel for a second like i'm a poser because i i i think and probably love the spanish language more than spanish speakers <laughs> probably probably so uh so because so you're transitioning into the ufc so how long after uh leaving uh the teaching career did you actually get into the ufc what was so your left, timeline yeah i left teaching in 2007 so i taught three years 04 to 07 got a graduate assistantship from like basically 07 to 08, basically yep. a year. And, and that was grad school. So to, to get through grad school. And then uh, at that time, I was like dabbling. I was training, but I was also going to school. The one thing when I left teaching, my mom said, just, you have to get a master's degree. Okay. And I said, okay, I'll get a master's. So that was like 08, 09, get my master's, start continuing to fight. Um, and then in 2010 is when I had my first UFC fight. So I left in 07, first UFC fight was 10. So, you know, on a calendar, three-ish years. Three-ish years. But you were still fighting within those three-ish years, but yeah. I'm not sure. Uh... Yeah, I had, uh, I think I was 10 and 1 when I got to the UFC. Yeah. Well, right now, uh, you're, 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 you're at 19 and 8, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, it, it'll probably stay at that. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know, right? You never know. <laughs> so uh, throughout your whole uh, fighting career in the UFC, in and out of the UFC, uh, we'll get to that. 
Did you uh, get into any injuries that you thought that, okay, after this injury, that's it, <clears throat> not fighting anymore? Or a a like, couple. A yeah, couple. I had a couple big things. So first, it, the legitimate injury, I shattered my eye socket. I shattered my left eye socket. Wow. Um, lost vision in my eye. Had double vision for a long time. Had to get surgery. Had two mesh plates uh, put as, as a replacement for my eye socket. That was a huge, like, whatever. But honestly, it was... And I, it, I was training with Frankie Edgar and my, my buddy, Chris Ligori, and that was pretty early in my career. But when I got surgery, the doctor had worked with a lot of athletes, uh, hockey players. And so he was like, yeah, you're going to be good to go. You're good. Yeah. So like, I didn't even really get nervous because he was so confident that no, you're fine now. Okay. And a um, couple of years after that, I had a stroke um, sure. out of nowhere, just woke up one morning and hit me. And so I was really paranoid about that for a long time. Uh, I had to go to a bunch of different types of doctors and I had to, I went to a couple of different neurologists and both of them said it was not from fighting. Um, but I was still nervous to continue. And then, you know, post that those two were the biggest, but then when I got knocked out unconscious, I fought Danny Castillo, I got knocked out unconscious after that fight you know if, if i never fight again and i look back i'll say that fight changed the trajectory because i started to think about my brain after that fight and i yeah. started to think about like the abuse that i've taken and continue to take and yeah for sure like wh wh whenever i don't know the analogy but it just it felt like i was maybe becoming a little bit civilized maybe like <laughs> like i i understood like yeah, i understood well, what's the, the yeah. consequences like i hear people really good fighters and you know whatever it's props to them or whatever you know i hear people saying i would die in there oh man <laughs> like i love my kids a lot i love my wife i love my life i love yeah. things i do i don't want to die in there and that fight i think really made me start to think differently okay and that fight was one um, in your career uh, like how long before the end of your career That was my third to last fight. So it was a really crappy year that year. I got the, no way, that was my second to last fight. So I got choked out. <laughs> so I got fired from the UFC like a year and a half before that. Won four fights in a row. Come back in a new weight class. I'm prepared to dominate. I'm now at lightweight. Yeah. I'm going to wreck this place. And then I get choked out in January, knocked out in April, and choked out in November. And it was like, <laughs> what the heck? This is a terrible year. <laughs> That was, those were my last three fights. Okay. And uh, so you just mentioned you, uh, you, were, uh, you left the UFC and all that. So how does that work with the, for people? That, like for me, I, um, I don't know how the UFC – I watched the UFC, but I don't know how yeah. it works. So like you sign a contract for a certain amount of fights, and then after they kick you out, like how does that work? Yeah. So you sign a contract, my, and every, every one is different, but this is okay. what I know from me and anyone that I've talked to who is honest about it. So when I would sign a contract, I think all my contracts were for four fights. Yeah. It generally is like okay you'll make this much if you've so every purse that i ever made was fight money win money right yeah so it would be like all right first fight you make this much to fight this much more if you win second fight if you win you make this much and this much if you lose you make the same as the previous fight okay, okay. so that's for four fights so if i fight two fights and lose both fights they fire me and okay. I don't get those remaining two fights. If I fight one fight and for whatever reason, they don't like me or whatever, I could get fired. So they have like a, a, a clause that they don't have to guarantee your Pretty, Yes. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's, 
it was pretty crappy for, for me slash the fighter. Um, but yeah, that's, so that last, I actually lost three in a row. So they gave me three opportunities, um, wow. which was benefit. I mean, it was nice. That was kind of them, you know, like they didn't have to do that, but they did. So, you know, that was, uh, well, that was a, a good thing, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I had a terrible year that year. And uh, outside of the USC, what other uh, leagues, we'll call those leagues, right? What other yeah, promotions leagues. Promotions leagues did you fight in? I uh, fought a bunch, man, because it was when you're coming up, man, you fight wherever, yeah, whatever, whenever, for whatever. But Cage Fury was a, a big one on the East Coast, Coast that I fought in. I fought in Ring of Combat on the East Coast as well. That was a pretty well-known one. Uh, VFL, Valley Fight League is one that when it – It used, I'm from, where are you located at? I'm in Montreal, Quebec. Okay. Canada. Yeah. So I'm in, in Pen Coast. okay. So I'm in yeah. Pennsylvania and it, when I started fighting, it was not sanctioned in Pennsylvania. Okay. And so when it became sanctioned, that meant like, oh wait, I can fight close to home. And I have yeah. a, I have, and I had a lot of local support from wrestling that carried into fighting. So I was basically fighting in my backyard for a couple of years. And wow. uh, that promotion, Valley Fight League, was, was the one who capitalized on that. And, and, you know, it was a good – I probably had four fights with them basically in my backyard. So it's a pretty neat time frame. Cool. So you're also an author, right? Yeah. How did you transition from – well, yeah. I guess the teaching aspect helped out being the, with the, the writing aspect. But how did you transition from the fighting into becoming an author? author? Yeah, so I guess there's a couple of ways to, to – kind of dive into what you said there. So I think one, I've always been academic, yeah. right? Yeah, of so course. I've always, grades were always important to me. Speaking. Actually, did you, did you get in, end up getting your master's like your mom told you to do? Yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's in sport management. Oh, nice. So I've been academic. So, you know, speaking clearly, writing clearly, that's always been important to me. It's always been something that I'm, well, I don't know, it just is important to me. Um, also learning another language, taught me more about my own language. I mean, you speak English and French, is it? Uh, English, French, Italian. Yeah, so like you get better at your own language by learning another language yeah. because you learn parts of speech and just all kinds of stuff. Um, you actually learn it rather than in English grammar. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a noun, that's a pronoun. You yeah. actually have to know what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So then, so I had that kind of background upbringing and then I used my story just because people always ask me a bunch of questions because they're so confused about the UFC. Yeah. Like what's it like, et cetera. So I was like, after I started fight, stopped fighting, I, I wrote a book, right? So the first part of what you said is accurate in that, yeah, the education, that, that helped. Yeah. But actually writing a book, putting a book together, proofreading a book, uh, formatting a book, it's, it's, its, own, it's yeah. its own language. It's yeah. another language, right? So I was fortunate in that I have a partner who helps me with my podcast, with speaking, et cetera. He knew how to do that stuff. We self-published on Amazon. So yeah. You know, technically, you could write a piece of garbage and publish it, right? Yeah, and that's a book. Yeah. So he, he knew how to do the the nuts and bolts of the formatting that the he had. You know, he had InDesign. He was able to do the graphics and all that stuff. I just I learned a lot about it, and I've I've continued that. I'm about to release a second book here. Oh, cool. You know, hopefully within the next month. Nice. Uh, and I I just like. I'm an outgoing person because of the things I've done in my life, it's, it's peak interest from other people. So a lot of it is telling my story, but then also like this new book is a lot about starting a business, starting a speaking, podcasting, writing business. It's a lot about entrepreneurship and business. It's principle based, 
Um, You know, there's a lot of things. I don't know what you do outside of this podcast, but it's new and different businesses from fighting and wrestling. And I've talked to a lot of people who say, Oh, I'd love to start a podcast. I'd love to write a book, but they don't know where to start. So the book is kind of a combination, the new one, a how to and a memoir, you know, it's, I'm telling my story while also saying, Hey, this is how I produce my show and write a book and speak on stages. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get that the second book because I I, I really want to read that, uh, especially starting off the podcast. And it's, it's real down to earth too. Like my flow when I'm on stage speaking, which is how I, I make most of my money is speaking. It's just real honest and, and out there, you know, yeah. I have nothing to hide and I speak very blue collar like, yeah. and it's a, I don't know, it's a cool book. It's, it's obviously we hope it sells well, but more importantly, it's a book that we're like, this is really cool. Like it's yeah. different. It's like manual is esque. It's, oh, it's cool. Autobiography esque. It's just a, a really, good book well let, definitely let me know when that one comes out i'm gonna post it on my uh, social media as well to promote it for you and no, uh, i appreciate it I'll, I'll definitely pick one up uh, i need a new book to read <laughs> and talking about books to read on your website you do have a reading list which i yeah. find really really cool so why did you want to develop something like that why did you want to promote uh, a reading list for uh, yeah so the 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 basis of my show, the Spaniard show, which is my yeah. podcast, a vast majority of it is me reading books and talking about them. Right. So prior to this call, I was reading a book called natural born heroes. Yeah. I'll spend a week or two weeks or three weeks just talking about it. Right. Yeah. Hey, I learned this and I'm applying it this way. It's in an effort to help me do better and help you do better. You know, that's yeah. the idea behind it. And the reason that I found myself, upping my reading game post fighting is because fighting you know as around like world-class fighters every day and when i left fighting you know you have spartan hat and i think the spartan sign on your back imagine yeah. if you could be a imagine if you could be at a spartan race every single day oh yeah it'd be energy man you'd be yeah. fuel, but you're not right yeah. you're wherever you are recording this yeah so books became a way for me to to replicate that feeling of being at a spartan race every day or being at a ufc you know training yeah. gym every day and so that's why I read so much. And then it was like, I was looking to, st- I wasn't a fighter anymore. So it was like, right, well, how can I make people care about a thing that I'm making, right? A product yeah. or something. And so I started reading these books and to talk about them on my show. And I talk about them so much on my show that I thought, you know, a lot of people would say, hey, what's that book that, and so now I just put every book I talk about up on my website and yeah. you know, oh, you're really talking about cool. wanting a book to read, man. There's like hundred and whatever. Yeah, exactly. I was looking at it. I'm like, wow, I, I read a couple of them already on, on your reading list. And uh, right now I just finished reading the David Goggins book. Yeah. And that one really changed the way I look at so many things in life. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like you say that when you do read, it could be, it doesn't have to be a, a, a autobiography. It doesn't have to be uh, like a, a, a memoir or a, a how-to book, but it, whatever you read, you could always learn something from it, right? Yeah, I think you're and, a big believer in that. And also, you know, we're you and I have a podcast. I speak yeah. on a stage. You know, every person interacts with another person, right? Yeah. And in Stephen King's book on writing, he talks about how, and you you hear this elsewhere, but I think specifically in his book, you know, reading helps your vocabulary like increase improve it helps your writing ability improve so yeah. it just it's it's practice for communication of course of course so your your podcast 
the Spaniard show came out at around the same time as you released your book or was it before? I uh, think it was a year later. So I think I released the book. I think it was like October, November of 15. Okay. And the podcast came out August of 16. Okay. And what, what led you to the podcast? You just said you were getting so many people asking about books and all that, that you wanted to, or it was just a passion that you had for it, yourself? No, man, it, it kind of happened like step by step. It was, it was first I said, okay, I'm going to speak. And then it was like, okay, speakers write books. I'll write a book or, you know, th those kind of happened yeah. at the same time. And then, I mean, it was a good, I don't know, maybe a year later that I started the podcast. It just seemed like, Hey, I'm learning so much. I'm doing so much regarding starting a business. I have a ton of stories to tell from fighting. It just seemed like a natural progression from there. That's crazy. My next <laughs> My next uh, progression is is like having my own channel. Oh, cool! I like that. I like that. I just gotta find. I gotta <laughs> find people who will watch it and listen to it. I'm pretty sure you have a big audience, so you probably will. You'll get. You'll for sure get. Um, so now that you're in the podcast real world, uh, auto world, uh, the reading and all that, do you still take time for yourself to train? Uh, do you still train fighting, or do you just do the regular? Which, no, no, I a hundred percent train. Uh, yeah. That's like one of the, the 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 key points of my day. The Rock calls him calls it his anchor. It's like yeah, it's, it, it is, me, it, so, yeah, yeah. It's right like, after our podcast, my gym is right. Do you see my yeah? Pool I see bar? your pull up bar. I was, like, I was actually checking out because I I'm, I got to get one like that. <laughs> so like it's right nice, after the nice. podcast, I have my hour and a half. Yeah. Getting it yeah, so I train five to seven days a week at a really nice. high intense level. Uh, I say insane level. Um, it's it's the strength and conditioning part of my fighting career, right? Okay. So I, I don't do BJJ. I don't hit mitts. I don't do that stuff anymore. And that's more so uh, logistics and energy yeah. than anything. I, I would love to get back into it, but right now with starting a business, with having two young kids, with doing the strength and conditioning, which right now is more important to me than the BJJ stuff, yeah. uh, it just, it, it doesn't fit in the pie right now. But yeah, man, strength and conditioning, fitness to me is super important. It just, it, uh, you know, this book I'm reading is called Natural Born Heroes, Mastering the Lost Secrets of Strength and Endurance. It's by the guy, Christopher McDougall, he wrote Born to Run. Um, yeah. That's a really famous book. Very, I read that book. That that yeah. made me start running. And uh, I would yeah. read this one too, man. It's so awesome. And uh, it's just uh, post competition, post trying to be the best athlete in the world, best fighter in the world. I'm just getting really into this. Like, hey, I'm a human. I have a brain and I have a body, and I want to use them both to the utmost. And I want to prepare myself for what anything. And that falls in line with speaking podcasting. It's all to like help people create good energy, exactly. help me move forward, help other people move forward. It's a, uh, I don't know. I really like this phase of life that I'm falling into. Yeah. And for, it's the same for me. Like the whole, the whole reason for the podcast three years ago, I was 300 pounds. I'm 185 right now. So I did a massive weight cut. <laughs> yeah. And I found that what helped me a lot throughout my journey were the books, were the podcast was, was Spartan race was yeah. all these people that I started following and like, wow, well, if they could do it, then I could do it. And, and that's when it. I, when I started, when I started the podcast, the main goal for the podcast is I want to help at least one person get yeah. off the couch. Like Jody Senna says, get one person off the yeah. couch and into a race. Well, I don't want a person to get into a race, but I want to get that one person off the couch and 
sign up to a gym or go for a run or just start getting healthy because I strongly believe that the more healthy you are uh, in the uh, physically and mentally, the more you'll succeed in life in whatever you do. And I don't know if you believe in that. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And I bought, I bought into, you know, I'm also, so while we're talking about all this stuff, I'm also a normal person. Yeah, right? of course. I, I don't want to go to Mount, I don't want to climb Mount Everest because it's no. too dangerous for me. Yeah. And I don't really like the cold that much, you know, so <laughs> it's all within this parameter of my life, you know, where yeah. I'm at. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I bought, I, I bought into the cold shower thing. Yeah. I hate cold water, man. It's it's like one of my hated things I despise the most. And I read Aubrey Marx's book, Own the Day on Your Life. Yeah. And he was talking about that. You hear about Wim Hof. And, all, and it's like, if nothing else, and, and there may be uh, medical benefits to it. But honestly, I mean, I don't get in an ice. I just turn my water to as cold as it gets. Exactly. You know? Me too. <laughs> um, but for me, it's like in, in Aubrey's book, it's a mental override. It's like every morning I, I'm like, I, I wash with hot water and then I'm like, ugh, ugh. and then I just like turn it cold. And, and it's like, I worked out, I do that. All right. What, 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 what is there, you know? And it yeah. just gives a sense of like preparedness. Exactly. That, that's a good, Hey, another book you'd like and listeners, if you're into what we're talking about, the world's fittest book, it's called, okay. it's by a guy named Ross Edgley. Okay. Uh, but what reminded me in his book, he talks about uh, a Russian concept called general physical preparedness. And that's essentially what we're talking about, what Natural Born Heroes is talking about, what Spartan is talking, you know, what, what the basis of Spartan is. Yeah, for sure. So um, I saw that you did some, you were also on the podcast for Spartan, uh, doing, uh, you were talking about some books uh, on that as well. You're doing that with Spartan. And I also saw something with Spartan, um, Spartan Combat. Are you yeah. involved in that as well? Yeah. So Spartan Combat. So Joe DeSena is the base of Spartan, but yeah. Spartan has so many yeah yeah just just different things and uh one of the things they're starting is spartan combat and i met a guy named mike who works with joe and works in spartan and we're just like it's actually i'm honored to be in this position because spartan is huge right yeah um but it's just kind of i'll say piggybacking off of each other uh i have some credibility in combat world spartan obviously has credibility across the world yeah um so i'm just it, it's not well it is formal in that we're coming up we have designed and it's out very soon uh spaniard nation shirt yeah. that is powered by spartan so it's got a spartan logo and my logo oh, cool um and that'll be up on my website as well as spartancombat.com cool uh but it's just uh for me like i said at any time i can be associated with spartan it, it's helpful yeah, and it builds your credibility as well. Yeah, yeah. and in this instance, you know, I've, I've developed a relationship with Joe where, where he, um, I don't know if the word's credible, I don't know what the word is, but, um, you know, he trusts me, my work, my character, etc. So um, they extended that and yeah, we're, we're making a t-shirt and I'm just helping them promote Spartan Combat yeah. as I can. I could just imagine how a conversation is with like Jody Senna, like that. I would love to have him on the podcast. Yeah. My goal one day is to get him here on the podcast. Yeah, well, dude, I'll tell you what, you're, you're, you've, and so I heard, I heard Joe Rogan say it and then it's obvious. So I was given, bestowed upon, um, you know, these foundations from a young age, right? Yeah. A, a family, uh, sport of wrestling, et cetera. So I came up with that naturally, but for you or someone like you who, who, who was not, I don't know what your early life is like, but 
at a point where you're 300 pounds and yeah. not in a good state and then to hit stop right yeah. and then change completely your ways is like I, what i heard on rogan's podcast one time is he said those are the people that really have it right those are the people that really have it like i was just brought into it and it was around me and i do it and whatever yeah. whatever, whatever. But it, you you know how hard change is. It is. It is. I know how hard it change is. It still is. <laughs> yeah. Because I talk to a ton of people every day, all day, blah, blah, blah. I want to do this. I want to do that. And like the percentage of people who do that thing, if it's half of 1%. You yeah. Know? And, sure. and so the, the, what you're doing. So I, I worked with a guy named Dave. And I helped Dave lose 100 pounds. And yeah. it was by – it was – probably doing the same stuff you were man and it's just like i tell him all the time like dude that's not easy like that's harder that's hard like people think what i do is hard and it is hard but like that's hard because you're you're whatever so yeah. well like you were like you said you were accustomed to it from a young age because you were brought up in the wrestling yeah. realm and you started fighting so for you a day not eating right and not working out is is like unheard of for you. Yeah. Even if it you was, don't work out that day, you're still eating right. Probably it was a given. It, it was yeah. given, and I, and I don't I don't have the you know the the best habits, but but it was always a given that hey, if I'm going to eat junk, I got to earn it. Exactly. And it's not it's not a one for one. I understand like the saying you can't out outrun a bad diet. Whatever. I get it. But yeah. to me, it was always like if I'm going to indulge, I'm going to earn this indulgement. Like course, it was yeah. hand in hand. But if you don't have that first part, then it's just indulge, indulge, indulge. Exactly. And it's hard to bring that second part up. So my point is Joe DeSena would respect the bejesus out of what you. Oh, that's an honor for me to hear a that. A million percent, man. Yeah, that's an honor. For me. He, he really, well, my, 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 I'll give you a little bit of a background on my story just for you to understand. So I started, uh, I was about 300 pounds. I was 300, touching over 300 pounds three years ago. And uh, my problem was that every new year, okay, start joining the gym, right? Yeah. And uh, so every year for two years before that, so it's been a five-year process, if you don't want to really talk about it, but every year I would join the gym, two months, three months, then quit. Because I wouldn't be seeing the results. I wouldn't be seeing what I wanted to see and the weight would still be there and I was still be eating junk and all that. <clears throat> and then uh, t- uh, 2016 came along and I joined the gym and I joined with my dad. And I think that really helped me because I, I got my dad into the health and fitness realm as yeah. well. But then I was listening to a podcast, the Art of Manliness podcast. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jolie Senna was on it. And he was talking about Spartan Race. I had no idea what Spartan Race was yeah. back then. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So I Googled as, quick, as quickly as possible the first mm-hmm. Spartan Race I had in my town. Signed up for it. It was in six months from that day. And that, that's what kept me accountable because yeah. I could have just stopped the gym. And then that Spartan race, I wasn't at my 185 that I'm now. I was still, I was like in the 220, 230-ish uh, uh, weight class. And it took me like two hours and 45 minutes to complete a sprint. But it like jumping over that fire and then seeing all these people and the whole buzz, like you said, like if I could be at yeah. a Spartan race every day, mm-hmm. that would be the best, uh, I would live the best life. But yeah. it really showed me how being healthy and taking care of yourself is just incredible and since that day i i never had a downfall i've been just going up 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 as much yeah yeah it's awesome and it's so i'm gonna like hit time out right here and then come back to that conversation so 
off the subject, one of the reasons I tell people to read is that it makes you a better communicator. It, it makes you a better, a, it gives you better tools to integrate with the environment around you. Okay? I agree with that. One yeah. of those instances is in conversation. Okay. Now yeah. coming back to this conversation. So this morning I was reading the book. So listeners, this is an example of what you do when you read, right? John Luca tells me that story. And I say, this morning I was reading this Natural Born Heroes book. And it talks about the evolution of fitness, the fitness industry, how every January, Gold's Gym doubles, some other gyms triple. Yeah. And then by the springtime, it's whatever. It's like a $75 billion industry. Yeah, exactly. And it works on our failures. It works yeah. on our failures, right? So also in the book, Natural Born Heroes, it was like, giving importance to what you're talking about what spartan is more of like a natural form of i mean it is training but it's living really exactly because spartan is outside it's in nature it's in the environment it's with real obstacles it and it, it 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 makes you utilize all of your human faculties mind and body in a variety yeah. of different ways and functions and so it's it it the book just does a really good job at and I love, I mean, I, I do traditional weightlifting, yeah. but I also run, I also do trail running, also do Spartan races, also do functional, you know, like I, yeah. I do it all because I enjoy it all. Um, but doing stuff like Spartan or doing stuff like more outdoor um, things that utilize basically the earth, your surroundings yeah. can help you person if you're listening, hitting that dead end roadblock like Gianluca was, yeah. it can help you continue to stick with it. Exactly. And uh, so you, you mentioned a bit about what you do as, um, as training and all that. So you said you're training about five to seven days a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, I took this morning off. I ran 10 miles yesterday and I woke up this morning and I was like, my lower back hurts, my quads are sore, I'm <laughs> yeah. tired. And, and so you listened to your body. I did. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, all right, buddy, you're not going back to bed. Right. So I just sat down and started reading. But yeah. Well, yeah, that's a workout. It, I'll consider yeah, that a workout. Yeah, <laughs> it, it works. But yeah, so I, I normally, and I log all my workouts. Since January of 17, I log my daily workouts. Yeah. I just really like documenting things. And I How have you, this what like. What do you mean log? How do you log them? You have like a um, spreadsheet? Yeah, I'll show it to you right now. But just a. Okay, yeah, I have the same thing. Where journal, is and I just, it's like not, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, same thing. Yeah, sure. In a language that I understand. It's the same thing for me. <laughs> yeah, it's exa exactly the same thing. That's um, and I think in terms of like, you know, maybe one day my kids will be curious what dad did for working yeah. out. I know like, for example, when I was a kid, my uncle wrestled at Penn State. And when, when I like got a pair of his sweats, yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Like, these are uncle's sweats. This is awesome. So I just figured like my kids, grandkids, nieces, <laughs> and nephews, if they're into fitness, they're like, oh, what would Charlie do? You know? Yeah, exactly. There's all the workouts. So. I just log that stuff and uh, most of the training it's five to seven days a week. I mean, it's, it's there, you know, so it's, it's, you know, if I get sick, whatever, I'll take more, you know, I'll take yeah. stuff, whatever. Um, but I do like, I don't know if this is what you were going to ask, but a, a lot of high intensity. Yeah. Stuff. That's what I was going to ask is more like how, yeah. what would the workout? So a lot of high intense. I, I would say I train in a way that enables me to feel physically and mentally like I did when I was fighting. Okay. So that's a lot of high intensity stuff, a lot of, uh, reps per minute, a lot of, um, 
uh, right now I use kettlebells, which I always use a little bit, but I learn more how to yeah. use them properly. I use a thing called a Bulgarian bag, yes. uh, which is, so I use Bulgarian bag. I do, like I said, I do traditional weightlifting um, maybe once a week and I'll do more so high reps, uh, yeah. 10, to 15, 10 to 15, maybe 20. I also do like uh, Tabata, yeah. uh, 20 yeah. on, 10 off. I, I do interval running. So, so I have like a 30 in the winter when it's freezing outside. Yeah. Uh, I generally do it more, but uh, I have like, a couple of variations of a 30 minute about four mile treadmill treadmill workout. Good. I also about once every 10 days, try to run 10 miles just okay. to keep. So yeah. for me, like I don't need to run a marathon. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I don't need to run 200 miles or hundred miles for me in my life. If I can go out, walk out my door and run 10 miles in an eight, eight and a half pace, I'm good. You know, yeah. as well as do a thousand pushups in 40 minutes, as well as swing kettlebell, you know, like, yeah, it, and it's it's basically building uh building your your life that if ever you're in that that situation that you need to uh, a buddy says hey you know what let's go for a ten mile run or let's yeah. go for this okay fine no problem yeah. and yeah. I think that's where uh a, the true fitness is it's not the fact that oh I could run a, a marathon I could run a hundred mile race I could run this or I could lift this or I could lift that it's okay yes you could do that but could you do this could yeah you, why could you, could you be able to survive everything else other than just running or then just yeah. wait so that's and what I, I i i do the functional training like to a, a, an extent that's i think maybe crazy but i love it because it's it's functional training so yeah sometimes a training for me uh, in the winter in montreal the snow and it's a uh, 20 30 centimeters yeah. my training is shoveling snow and yeah. shoveling neighbor snow in my yeah, yeah. Is, for me it's a workout and it's really it's 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 hard to do right so yeah it i was just i don't remember exactly what i was going to say but it is and honestly that book natural born heroes it's all about what we're talking about um and and of course there's holes in everything like you know maybe you will have to run 100 miles to save someone yeah maybe yeah. but i can't you can't win everything right like no, exactly and it's honestly it's my philosophy but i do think that for me at this point in life where i'm, I'm not trying to win anything anymore i do think var variance or variation is really important a hundred percent for me it's got to be hard like i've got to freaking feel it man i've got to be yeah. at my wits end um just varying it up for me going hard but i think it really helps it, it's like less about winning a gold medal and more about like i'm a human man like yeah how can i utilize myself to the utmost exactly um i saw on your your website also uh we're talking about trading and everything that you have your own rocky story is that uh so how did that come to play? What, what yeah, was that? so that was that back in 2011, and I was scheduled to fight in Pittsburgh against uh, who's actually my buddy now, a guy named TJ Grant. Okay. And TJ got sick, didn't sh didn't fly down. He's from Canada. Okay. Um, yeah. He didn't fly down to Pittsburgh, and I did not have a fight, but I still had to weigh in to get paid. And so at the last minute, the number six ranked guy in the country in the world not the country in the world uh his opponent was pulled from the event and so he needed to fight somebody and i was there on weight and they said okay well can this guy fight that guy <laughs> everyone thought he was going to kill me and uh i didn't and went in and, and beat him and i mean it was like I, I uh for a long time the story i told myself was you'll get to the the 
championship, but then you'll like shit the bed, man. Then you'll just not do good at all. For a long time, I told myself that. When I started fighting, I stopped telling myself that. I think only because I was so scared of fighting yeah. that I just started training at a new level. And that training at a new level erased that like that, fear. That fear not mentality. Yeah. So yeah. then that night was the biggest opportunity I've ever had in my life. And I capitalized on it. So okay. like that helped me rewrite the story of like, oh, dude, you can do it. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we also spoke about a lot of like challenges uh, that you overcame uh, throughout your fighting career, your injuries and all that. But what would be something that like, how, how do you usually overcome challenges? Like if you see a challenge or if you're, you're having certain challenge, like you said you had that stroke, how did you overcome that stroke and still end up training as hard as you do and all that? So how did you play mentally with your mind to do that? Yeah, I was going to say that the, the approach to it is probably the biggest thing. Um, I mean, it's hard and you just keep working at it, et cetera. But, but not running from it is, is like the biggest thing. Like yeah. anytime that a bad thing happens to me or like, let's say like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a very simple example. Like you have, you're married or you have a boyfriend or girlfriend and, and they're unfaithful to you. Right. Like you can like not want to know anything about it. I, I'm the other way. I'm like, no, no, no. Tell me everything. Tell, I want to know it all. Right. Yeah. Like any instance that you're in, you're scared of something like, I mean, little things like, like, getting my weight room organized downstairs. So I just moved into a new house. Getting yeah. that organized is like, oh, how am I going to do this? No, no, go downstairs and do it. Just just walk yeah. right into it's it. Or yeah. it. So the, the mindset or the approach to it is, boom, going right at it. Yeah, um, for sure. That for me has helped me a lot. Uh, it's, it's like with my workouts. I, I don't necessarily enjoy working out. I love how I feel after yeah. I work out. But for me, it's like so freaking hard. Uh, but you just do it. Yeah, um, so going at going at the challenges is the biggest thing for me. And then in terms of life, living my way in a disciplined fashion, mind and body and spirit, like that's how I, I do it on a daily basis. Cool. So we're, we're going to start coming more towards the, the end of the podcast because it was a really awesome conversation that we had. We, we got so much information and I think a lot of the listeners are going to love it, especially that the books that you mentioned to read. But uh, on, on, our, on our podcast, what we do is we always ask our guests for three tips on uh, uh, that the listeners could implement into their, their life to, to help them uh, get back, get on a good path and yeah. become, uh, strong, uh, become their best self or strongest self. Uh, but you could... Since you, you love reading books, you could either give us three tips or maybe three book recommendations. For well, to, uh, I'll do, do both and probably more than that. <laughs> um, the, 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 the first one I would say is drink water, right? And obviously there's health benefits to it. There's like energy benefits to it, skin benefits to it. But I, I read a book once called The Power of Habit and I read it a long time ago. And I don't remember too much about it, but I do remember a concept called Keystone Habit. It's a really good book. Yeah. Um, it's called, it's called a keystone habit, right? And the keystone habit is a thing that you do every day that has a rollover effect on everything else. So for me, like right beside me, I have a water bottle for, yeah. I, I I've had like a water bottle beside me forever, uh, like post wrestling anyway, for forever. And, uh, it just reminds me to drink water because water's healthy. And then that reminds me, Oh, do another thing because it's healthy or it's the right thing. Or yeah. like it, it's a keystone habit. So, one, drink water. 
just because it'll it's healthy and it'll help you remember to do other things that are beneficial. Yeah. Another one definitely is reading. And people who say I don't have time to read, I'm calling, you know, uh, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, BS on that because a lot of the books, and this reminds me, actually, I got to get one today. Uh, a lot of books I cover on the Spaniard Show once a week, I do a kid's book. Okay. Normally, that's a picture book that takes me about five minutes to read. Okay. And these picture books are teaching me, reminding me of life lessons, right? The good yeah, egg, for sure. the, the good egg, the bad seed. Uh, which one I read a couple of weeks ago. This it's about your brain. Like uh, I forget the name of the, it's on my website, but yeah. just these awesome books. Uh, uh, I love you. Like is a great story and you are special. I mean, they're five minutes to read yeah. and it'll make you a better person. So if you tell me you don't have time to read, I'm calling BS. You do have time to read. Just get a kid's book, prioritize yeah. it and read a kid's book. Um, uh, like you said, on my website, if you click on reading list, you can find all the books. The one I'm reading right now is Natural Born Heroes. Awesome book. Uh, Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog. Awesome book. Joe DeSena's, I don't know if you've read it yet or yeah. not, but the, the Spartan Way. I yeah. know, that's a great book, dude. It's an easy read. It's a virtue principle-based read. Yeah. You know, get that. So those are a couple of top of my head. Um, and then the last one, well, I'm going to give you four. Exercise, you know, some sort of movement. But uh, the last one's a little bit different. Is just spark up conversations um talk with people so even if no one listened to this conversation yeah. and i know i mean i host a podcast i don't get a lot of listeners man it is hard yeah to get listeners right yeah but just the mere act of having this conversation i'm gonna hang up and i'm gonna be juiced for the day yeah so of be, course uh, that's a good conversation so listeners you don't have to have a podcast but ask conversations there's a book i read called a curious mind a guy named brian grazer he's a uh, uh producer uh, Friday right. Night Lights, um, a, a lot of other big stuff. But uh, he, he, A Curious Mind is the book, but he has this practice of curiosity conversations, right? Where he just calls or whatever, asks someone, hey, can I sit down with you? Uh, now he has clout now, but he didn't always. Yeah. So find whatever your friend, your mom, your wife, your sister, your brother, your the guy who runs the pizza shop, like, yeah. Hey, can you tell me about how you started this business? People love to talk. Yeah. They love to talk about themselves. They lo if, if you make me feel right now, you you care about what I have to say. So yeah, heck yeah. I want to share what I have to say. It's just a, yeah, it, human it's a human thing. nature. Yeah. The, but those two, four things. Uh, no, awesome. four things are awesome. <laughs> You're not the only one that I gave you for uh, last week. Uh, I, I had uh, recorded the episode with uh, Yancy Culp. I don't know if you if you know mm -hmm. who he is. He's a Spartan uh, athlete, but he also is a Spartan coach. So he yes. has uh, Yancy Camp. Uh, so he has a bunch of uh, elite athletes under him, and you could join his uh, his online coaching. Yeah. And uh, he he too he went on a, like a I have more. Yeah. Than that. it's, <laughs> that's, it's amazing, but it's because it, it shows that we all want like we all have something a, a goal in mind. In this, it, it's uh, we all have a similar goal, and that is to help everyone else around us to become the be their best self. And when I ask you for three tips, well, you give me three tips and more and you, and, and yeah. you mentioned the books and it's really cool because for the people that will listen to the podcast, they're going to say, Oh fuck. Yeah. You know what? Let me go and check into that. Let me go look into that. And, and then they're going to start reading. And then one thing is going to lead to another. And then maybe in five years from now, they'll, they'll have their own podcast and they'll yeah. be helping another bunch of yeah. people. Right. So it's just crazy how that world works and how we all want, the best for everybody else and ourselves as well, right? 
Um, so, uh, Charlie, what would be the best way for people to get in touch with you uh, through social media or online and all that? Yeah, social media is the best at Charlie Spaniard. So my name is Charlie. My nickname is Spaniard at Charlie Spaniard. My website is charliespaniard.com. Uh, so on social media, it's all Charlie Spaniard, Facebook, okay. Facebook uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Twitter. It's all there. And then um, my website, charliespaniard.com. And a couple of, so I speak, that's how I make, make money is I speak on stages. Yeah. I do both youth and professional corporate, a uh, little bit different messages. Youth is more about kindness and respect and hard work. Uh, grownups are, are more about personal responsibility, accountability, and yeah. lifelong learning. But uh, all that stuff's on my website. And like we were talking about my new book, it's called Becoming the World's Toughest Lifelong Learner. Okay. And the subtitle is a book for anyone who wants to pursue anything. And it obviously it has the flair of speaking, writing, podcasting, my background, you know, yeah. but really it's, if you're a person who's like, man, I want to start something, whatever it is really, especially if it involves creation, yeah. uh, books, podcasts, et cetera. It's a really, really, really honest look at this is what I'm creating. This is how I'm creating it. These are the roadblocks. These are the good things. This is what I tried. This is what didn't work. It's yeah. a really cool, useful book for someone who wants to pursue something. Cool. And my, that'll be on Amazon. It's not out yet, but it'll be on Amazon. I don't know when you're releasing this, but it's... I'll be releasing it. Well, today we're the 18th. I'll be releasing it uh, next Thursday. So Okay, so it, it probably won't be out when this releases. But, uh, I mean, by Christmas, yeah. um, knock on wood, it's going to be out. But you, you'll be able to get it on Amazon and or my website. But... Um, well, when it releases, I'll put up a post uh, on my Instagram as well. Uh, you're obviously going to put up a post on your yep. Instagram, and I'll just yep. share that on my Perfect. To, uh, for people to know as well. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, so that 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 comes to the end of the show. Uh, Charlie, thank you so much for being a part of it. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, I learned a lot from you, uh, and I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot from this uh, podcast. Uh, all the books that you mentioned, I'm going to put them all in the show notes uh, so that people could take a, a read and also link in your reading list Perfect. Uh, it was uh, an awesome uh, talking to you and hopefully we could keep this uh, conversation or friendship or whatever you want to call it yeah with, absolutely with, man with your, uh, life so uh, thank you so much i don't know if you have some last minute words you want to say to the audience yeah man but nothing i mean everything i i, I said you know please my my mission is to to like you know, like you to help you get the most out of yourself. And I produce daily episodes. So yeah. listener, if you're, if you need some fuel, if you need, if you, if you love books, if you love learning, if you want energy, you know, it's all there. The Spaniard show on iTunes should have said that, but yeah, listen, the Spaniard show on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're on, putting up new content, reading books, talking about them, all kinds of awesome guests. It's all there folks. Please utilize me. Yeah. <laughs> Just, sure. I'm there. So yeah. utilize me. I'll, <laughs> whether you do or don't, I'll still be putting it out, but exactly. I would love, I'd love for you to be listening. So, but thank for you, sure. Jean Luca, for for your time and the anytime, anytime, man. Well, thank you so much, and everybody out there, keep living strong. If you guys like this episode of the Living Strong podcast, don't forget to like, comment, and share wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcast, please leave us a review. It will help us out so much. Thank you, and keep living strong. Thank you for listening and being part of the Living Strong podcast. Till next time, keep living strong.